everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. My guest today is Jack Foreman. Jack is the president of Bicoastal Productions, a New York City-based concerts and theatrical booking agency. Today on this episode, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to dive deep into the strategy that you can and should be using around booking and getting and performing gigs during this summer of COVID-19, as well as how to actually stay motivated and stay accountable during this time. So this is a really great episode, especially given the timeliness of it and what's going on right now. So I'm really excited for us to dive in today. One more note before we dive in, today's episode is sponsored by my membership, the Out to Be Group Membership. Now, for my podcast listeners only, I am extending enrollment and the 50% off discount for one more day. That means it goes through today and then it is over. It's supposed to end tomorrow. So if you head to bit.ly slash out to be membership and use coupon code level up, you will get 50% off the membership. Now on that enrollment page at bit.ly slash out to be membership, you will get all the information about the membership, what it's like to be a regular member or a VIP member, how much it costs, frequently asked questions, and of course some wins from our members. We have some really, really exciting things coming up this summer from Facebook Live Q&As where you get to ask me your questions, strategy and mindset questions and be coached by me trainings about money and money mindset and charging your worth, trainings about hormones and how your cycle can be useful actually in your productivity and creativity and how you can sync it up with your workflow and so many other amazing things. Plus the community in there is incredible. So if you're being called to join us, this is the time to join us because you get 50% off your first three months through today, July 1st, 2020 only by using code level up at checkout. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me at Katie Zaccardi on Instagram, and I am happy to get those answered so we can make sure you make a super empowered decision to join us inside the membership. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hi, Jack, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Hi, thanks for having me, Katie. I am excited to chat with you today. So before we dive into our topic today, I'd love to have you briefly introduce yourself and what you do in the music industry. Sure. Uh, Well, I'm Jack Foreman. I'm the president of iCoastal Productions, a small boutique talent agency in New York City. Uh, I shouldn't say small, more like mid-sized the past few years. We've really grown a lot. And, uh, you know, we're all sheltered at home, but still working very, very hard. You know, we represent a very diverse roster of performing artists, uh, everything from musicians, you know, classic rock, modern pop, to theatrical touring shows, we represent even a little bit of dance and some comedy. So we're really all over the board. But uh, yeah, I I look at each day as something new during this uh, current pandemic, and uh, we're trying to keep things half full, and we're excited for the next phase of things. So today we're going to talk a little bit about how to stay motivated, especially during this time, and tying that into staying motivated and re-strategizing when it comes to booking and touring and things like that. But before we dive into that, I know that you are an advocate for bringing down the stigma that comes with talking about mental health issues. And of course, on this podcast, we're all about that. And in general, as we're all coping with the changes that have happened all of 2020, really with COVID-19, mental health is a really, really important topic to make sure that we're talking about. So why are you so passionate about that? And what advocating do you do around this? Sure. I guess I've found it to be something that's a little bit 
taboo ever since I was younger, you know, seeing it around me. My mother is a mental health professional. You know, she's a, she's a therapist, a social worker. And, you know, coming up in this field, you saw a lot of suppression. You saw a lot of suppression for people really being able to speak out on what's going on at home and in their own lives, especially with artists and uh, quite, quite a bit actually in the agency world. And as I grew in my career, I learned that it, it's so rampant and so, um, I guess, so innocent. And it, it really can affect everybody and just about anybody. And what really was a turning point for me was I ended up you know, going out one day when I was having kind of a tough day on my own, you know, just a, you know, busy day, busy day at the office, uh, rough time of year. You know, we go through these seasons where it's just nonstop craziness, which is what we sign up for. And I met up out of the blue, you know, complete chance run-in with my mental health advocate hero in life. He, he's a sports caster, I should say, uh, an announcer named Mauro Ranallo. And Showtime actually made a documentary about him called Bipolar Rock and Roller. Uh, if you're a sports fan or an action sports fan, I highly recommend giving it a watch. And just, you know, kind of meeting him on that day always felt like a sign to me um, because he had just given an amazing broadcast globally expose about mental health issues and to see him there. And then um, shortly after that, I was approached by somebody in the industry who really had a tough time talking about it at their current employer and they were just feeling lost. They kind of wanted to give up on it all because they felt like they weren't worthy of it. And it really allowed me to have this kind of turning point of saying, why are we suppressing this? Why are we not talking about this? And why should you feel bad? There's nothing different about you. You know, if, if, if people in the world, especially men, you know, men have a very tough time uh, coming out about it, opening up about it, and they feel it's a weakening thing. But again, I know this is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a music guy and this is a musician's podcast, but I, I keep going back to the world of sports. You know, if you, if you follow it at all, you'll notice that the heavyweight champion of the world in boxing is the biggest mental health advocate, I'd say, on the planet. And he suffers from bipolar depression, anxiety disorders, and it nearly ended his life and career. And he ended up getting it all back. And he's six foot nine, 250 pounds. And my, my I guess my, my closing thought on that is if it can affect him, it can affect anybody. And if you're a man afraid to talk about it, then you're not talking to the right people. Um, so I was able to really, really be there for, for this gentleman who approached me. And then, you know, he had a few others that were like him that were suffering through some similar, um, some similar situations and he referred me to them. And, uh, it's been something I've been happy to do. I love, I love mentoring in general, but being able to really help levy that stigma is, is something special, I'd say. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, on the podcast, and I primarily work with women and our audience tends to skew more female, but mm -hmm. I think it's so important, just like you said, to acknowledge that a lot of men are a little bit more less likely to speak out about this or say that they're struggling or get the help that they need. So um, I'm really glad I asked. I'm really glad you shared because it's, it's such an important thing to talk about and have male guests on here talking about mental health and talking about all the other stressors that we might face as musicians. So to go into a little bit what we're going to talk about today, this audience is a lot of indie musicians who are doing it all themselves. And with that comes a big stressor and a big 
pressure to have to do everything, do it all. And sometimes that can be overwhelming and cause a lack of motivation. So we're going to explore that today. Now, right off the bat, as a person who's dealing with touring artists and booking, what's your take on what's going on right now in the music industry given COVID-19? And I'll mention that we're recording this in June 2020. So things are changing rapidly. You know, even if we were to release this right when it came out, things could change day to day. But what is your take on what's going on and how this is going to change the scope of the music industry over the next couple of years? You're definitely right to acknowledge the date right now because it's changed so much by the day and by the week. Um, you know, back in March when this all kind of hit us all like a ton of bricks and I had, you know, tours out on the road and artists wondering what they were going to do and uh, a staff of agents, you know, suddenly concerned for, you know, let alone their livelihood, their lives as well. I really had to, I guess we all had to really adjust. And what's been nice about the past, I'd say month or two, is that it's really become more about innovation than struggle. And we've seen quite a bit of it. And I guess the hardest thing for artists, especially because uh, artists tend to be more of a, um, I guess, vulnerable, emotional type of people. And I'm speaking generally, and I hope that's okay. Downtime is the ultimate, ultimate thing that can bring out depression, creative block, and just an overwhelming feeling, even though there's not a lot going on. I think structure is one of the best things that an artist can always have with them. You know, a mental structure and a physical structure, whether it's something simple or something complex. Some of the things that I've been working with my artists on to really keep them motivated and to really keep them uh, creating, I guess, for lack of a better term, during this time is finding new exciting ways of engaging their audiences through alternative streams of communication and alternative means of revenue. Because let's face it, that's what everybody's thinking about is all of a sudden all my shows for 2020 and even crazily enough into 2021 are being canceled. Um, you know, I've, I've venues that have canceled their entire run of shows up until June of 2021. Wow. I, have, I have venues that are closing outright around the world and it's, it's scary, it's sad, it's heartbreaking. And uh, I'm just hoping that the existing ones, especially here in the States, are going to be able to receive some sort of aid relief from the government. You know, that's really the next phase that everybody's trying to rally for. So um, the biggest change has just been, has been trying to teach these artists ways of engaging their audiences and being creative. And it could be something as simple as going live on Instagram or on Facebook and something as complex as a fully produced ticketed live stream event. I mean, what we're, what we're involved in with various platforms and tech companies is just, that's keeping me busier than ever. And it's nice to be busy because I personally know that how, how depressed and how unstructured I get when my day is long. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm very blessed to have a beautiful family here to keep me busy, but you know, my, my wife will take the baby to the beach and I'm, I'm here working and I, I want structure. I'm not a work from home type of person you know, at my programming, but I'm becoming more and more of one by the day. And uh, it's a skill. I, I completely don't take anything away from the people who've been doing it for years. Yeah. And that's such a great tip. I mean, my listeners who have been listening for a long time know that I am an advocate for having that downtime in the sense that you want to have time to relax, but having a structure is so important because otherwise you totally get caught up in the overwhelm of what should I do next? 
What should I spend my time on? What's worth it? And then you start to just slowly lose sight of everything. What am I working towards? What are my main goals? And before you know it, you're just sitting around doing nothing. And that does definitely allow some of that depression or anxiety or anxious thoughts to come in. So I actually didn't realize that venues were already closing into 2021 already. That is pretty wild. So how do you see this? If you had to guess right now, how do you see this going? Do you think that they might change their minds and end up opening up sooner? Or do you think it's going to end up getting pushed back? What should we anticipate, particularly from a smaller artist standpoint, who might be looking at more local venues as opposed to like big arenas, for instance? You're going to have to keep in mind uh, whatever your, your local government is saying, because it's going to be dependent on that, obviously. It's also going to depend on who your demo is. You know, if you're an, if you're an artist that's appealing towards a 50 plus audience, you have to be very sensitive to that fact. But if you're more and more appealing to a younger adult contemporary audience, it may be returning quicker than you thought, but it's really going to vary. And I mean, yes, we're seeing venues that are closing outright that, you know, were slated to have some of their best years ever. 2019 broke the record in ticket sales revenue and 2020 was projected to smash that record even more. Uh, so people were devastated by what was already on the books for what was looking like a tremendous year. So we're, we work with quite a number of performing arts centers, you know, organizations based on college campuses or city owned or state, state level owned facilities. And quite a number of them had their funding pulled because, you know, a college campus doesn't even know if they're going to have students in the fall. Um, it's, it's really, it's really hard to project anything. Right. So what I'm, what I'm projecting, I guess, if we're, if we're going to be speculating or planning for the future is venues are reopening, you know, they are reopening in phases, you know, they're going to reopen at maybe half or quarter cap, depending on, on how it looks. And what artists need to be ready for is a supplementary audience that they will not have in the theater. And what I mean by that is we're counseling pretty much all of our presenters to try to scale a level of their ticketing for a virtual audience that can tune in from home. Um, you're, you're seeing countless virtual events, and I know you're talking to people about that already, but what I see is kind of a hybrid, is where you're going to see quite a number of shows having this audience that's in, this, in the house, maybe 200 people and another 800 people at home who are paying for a virtual ticket. And that may need to be the status quo for a while. And even when it returns, if venues can find success with that as a supplementary income, uh, you're going to be surprised. You may still see a virtual ticket option when you're buying your ticket. So that that's a big thing that I think I'm seeing. So for artists who are smaller, and I know we're talking a little bit more strategy here, but mm -hmm. Since you're with me, I'm going to pick your brain. <laughs> so for artists who are a little bit smaller, do you think that if they traditionally do their own booking, what would be the best way for them to navigate this potentially new world of working with venues and coordinating a virtual and in-person show? Because that's not something artists have ever really had to navigate or take the lead on before, especially if it's a new initiative. Yeah, well, they're, they're right there with us because agents really don't do much of that either. But, you know, here we are, you know, wearing more hats than usual. But for indie artists, I always believe that the best thing they can do is 
become more and more aligned with their local ecosystem, uh, especially if there's if they're involved with not for profits or if they're involved with local businesses that are mom and pop type places where they are all suffering kind of together, unfortunately, right now at a localized level. So if if they're able to find a way to connect with these fellow locals, whatever they may be, to create some sort of a live effort, whether it's streamed from home or streamed at a park or streamed at a venue, it really doesn't matter. Going live is a great way of showing people that things are still going. And a lot of artists are doing it from home. They're doing it from a soundstage or a local studio, and they're partnering with local businesses to say, you know, thanks again to our friends over at like a commercial. And for the artists that are able to approach local venues and say, look, I know you're not in a position to take a risk on me and I'm not going to make you. I want to find a way for us both to be able to, you know, get something out of this. So artists are going to unfortunately have to tighten their belts even more if they're, if they're on an indie basis and they're just trying to stay alive with this. And it's, it's hard to give you an exact answer, but I'd say the best thing they can do is really just approach the localized ones first, the ones that maybe help give them their start and, in a way of giving back, they're also getting something in return from somebody that's appreciating the local focus. Yeah, that's a great idea. I've also suggested to a few of my clients doing things like outdoor shows. I mean, I'm in New York, so of course we're opening up pretty slowly over here and everyone's phases seem to be different as well. Like for us, I think entertainment is phase five, but there are some loopholes in that you can do small gatherings. So you might be able to do house shows, particularly if you want to get back into gigging and that's how you're making a lot of your income or alternatively doing farmer's markets or outdoor festivals that might be happening where it's a little bit more spacious, but you can still be there to provide entertainment. Are there any other avenues like that that you guys are exploring as well? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely getting a lot of calls about drive-ins. Uh, that's a big thing right now. That's a big trend is these drive-in movie theaters that were yeah. vacant for a hundred years. And now and they're making now a comeback. <laughs> they're making a comeback, of course, and it's not just the hipsters going anymore. Um, that's obviously a big one, but yeah, I mean, if you're, if it is the summer, which I guess is not really a benefit, but a, a benefit on either side of the coin yeah, uh, to being able to do things like this right now, if you're able to mount something outdoors and you're able to do it in conjunction with local officials who can vouch for the safety of the event, go for it. Because again, I keep going back to your, your local friends and family that are able to support you you're that that shows something to a national audience if you have that local base people somehow gravitate more towards that if if somebody's a hometown hero they end up becoming a national hero by people seeing how much their home audience supports them and yes drive-ins are great but there's not a drive-in everywhere and right you know it's not a great method of performing i've spoken to a few people who have done a few drive-in shows and as much as they love being on stage again you're literally staring at a field of metal, you know, of, of metal and glass. And yes, there are people out there, but it's not this loud booming sound. They're receiving their audio through FM transmitters, which, you know, if you don't have a brand new car or a car that has a decent sound system, it's not going to sound as great. And it's tough. You know, artists are, I just, artists are so um, self-conscious of a lot, especially when they're out on stage bearing their life's work and heart and soul. 
Um, so if, if, if people can do it, you know, as restaurants are opening up again, you know, if you're a local artist and you want to just get out there and play to some of these places where they're just starting to open, I'd recommend it because they're looking for ways of getting people to come back in. And if you're in the South or in states where things are really relaxed, get out there even sooner because you're going to have a lot more opportunities than we have here in New York. Yeah, for here, sure. Here in New York, artists are, they're, you're either streaming or you're inventing something completely innovative that I would love to be informed about. Yeah. So one last strategy question for you. Sure. Do you have any tips or advice when it comes to streaming? And I ask in particular because I see so many artists out there going live on Instagram all the time. I think it's died down a little bit now, but especially at the beginning of this, there was so many people going live. And I, my perspective of it is that they're giving too much away by going live for long periods of time too often. So what's your take on making live performances profitable, especially since that's going to be the new normal for a while? It definitely is. And I, I mentioned at the top of this that we're really starting to get more and more involved with these tech companies out there that have been startups for years and now all of a sudden are more and more relevant. Uh, embrace them because they are your friends and they are here to help you survive. Uh, full disclosure, we have aligned ourselves more and more with one particular platform because you know we, we started talking to them a few months ago and really trying to push our artists in that direction and push our venues in that direction. It's that platform, Veeps that was started by uh, the Maddens from Good Charlotte. And uh, it's terrific. It's an amazing platform. And I'm not just saying it because they're our, our friends, we're saying it because it really is. It's mm. a great, easy to use platform where the artist doesn't have to sacrifice their branding, their methods, their, I guess, whatever makes them them. Right. Uh, they can carry it forth and make it like a TV channel slash live stage for their performance. And it's ticketed and they keep that money. It's not a massive commission that you're having to pay back to the service. Awesome. You know, the, the, the ticket buyer is, is, is helping that. And yes, you keep thinking to yourself, well, I'm a, I'm a smaller artist that doesn't really have that big of a fan base, but you'd be surprised. You know, if you go live and you ask people to say, you know what, if you, I'm gonna charge a $5 ticket, I'm gonna charge a $5 ticket, but then I'm also gonna charge a $20 ticket. And then I'm going to charge a $50 ticket and I'm going to charge a $100 ticket. And you're thinking to yourself, why, how could anybody want to support that? But then you think of those people who haven't been furloughed from their jobs, mm -hmm. the people who may actually be thriving right now, who are willing to give something back. We're seeing so many artists do this. And so many of them are selling these ticket levels that are $100, whereas others are only paying $5. And it's okay. You're offering these levels based upon what people can pay. And you may even offer a bonus with it that's one cool thing about veeps and you're you're offering this great service where you may say i'll give you a i'll give you a t-shirt if you if you buy a 30 dollar ticket you know that'll that'll be shipped to you in addition to you having access to the stream so you know you can go you can go live for free it's great but you don't want to do it all the time and you don't want to you don't want to give too much away you're absolutely right so don't be afraid to you know charge the price of admission whether it's veeps or or stage it or any of these other ones, you know, it's up to you, but don't always feel free to give it away because you want to be able to monetize it. It's your, it's your life's work. It's your bread and butter and get creative with it. You know, we're, we're working with a new platform um, that allows you to literally cheer from your home and let the artist hear it. I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's so 
it's so early and there's going to be so many more innovations. So we're just getting started. Yeah. And that's incredible. I think a lot of people listening to this might not be as familiar with that platform Veeps in particular. So definitely go listen to it. I mean, go check it out and at the very least see what you can work out when it comes to charging ticket prices and being really confident about charging more for going live because it's, this is your new way of playing a gig essentially. So we've talked strategy, but I know there are so many artists out there who are feeling, even though they might have these strategy tips, they don't know how this is going to change, how quickly it's going to change. And with all of the uncertainty, it's really easy to kind of lose that motivation and just feel like maybe I shouldn't do anything because it could change in a second. What is your advice and take on how we can work through that? I, I've found that the best way is to start with one thing, you know, start with one thing when, when there's nothing going on, you know, for most people who aren't even artists, the one thing could be just going for a walk around the block, you know, to get some fresh air. It's harder in New York again. Um, but if you live elsewhere, go for a walk around the block, just like if you're an artist, you know, start with one song you know, start playing something that you haven't played in many years. Reconnect with a musician from your past. You know, going back to technology, there's technology that allows you to jam with anybody around the globe with pretty good latency. Um, just any kind of a structure you can have. If you have something on your schedule that you can look forward to and that you're committing to, that's why I'm such a big believer in going live is because you're holding yourself accountable for your own career. Because if you're an independent artist, nobody's going to hold you accountable except for yourself. And it's hard to be that person for yourself. It's hard to be tough on your own self. Uh, but if you can find ways of setting small goals to hold yourself accountable, I'm going to go live this Friday night, or I'm going to spend just one day this week, starting with one day this week, starting work on a new song, or I'm going to, I'm going to you know, open up my laptop or go to, go to a studio, whatever it may be. I would say, don't, don't think about all the things you have going on. Use this time as a wonderful incubator that it is. Keeping in mind that it can be a glass half full type thing. This is your creative incubator that's, that you haven't had the chance to use in 10 years of doing this. This is the time for you and just start with one thing. You know, the thousand mile journey begins with a single step and it does with your career as well. That's great advice. And I think it might be different for artists who are, um, doing it totally solo versus artists who have a team around them. But either way, I know that they might be feeling similar things of feeling like I have a lot of decisions to make right now. And some artists also might be afraid to make those decisions and speak up for themselves, particularly if they're with a team where everyone might have varying opinions on how to move forward and how to re-strategize and handle this thing. So do you have any thoughts on how to be able to work through that, not just keeping the motivation, but also getting clear and getting that clarity on what it is that like deep down you want to do and say, especially if you are working with a team who might be, you know, frantically trying to figure things out or pivoting in this or that direction. There needs to be real talk and it needs to be honest and it needs to be brutal if it has to be. Uh, in 2020, I'm sure you've preached this just as much as I try to, uh, you can't afford to be an artist without somewhat of a business brain. And you need to put that brain a little bit more into perspective now 
that it's a different time. It's a time that you and I never thought we we'd be living in. You know, I I think you know I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna cast a guess that you and I are both millennials here, and uh, you know we we felt that the world was given to us and we are entitled to all of it. And if you're a millennial <laughs> artist, you you feel like you are owed the success that you see in front of you. And I hope you all get it. But the truth is, is that everybody in the world is going through something right now. Right. Everybody, you can't, you can't be mad at somebody for making a change because everybody is going through something that's, that's forcing them to make a change. If I'm dealing with a venue that's canceling a show, uh, you know, somewhere in another country, I can't be mad at them. They're, they're canceling it because it's happening to me too. I have venues canceling it everywhere and they have people that are asking for refunds for their tickets. So you need to, I don't know what the team would necessarily look like, but if you have a manager, or if you have a publicist you're working with, or just an advisor, you need to be able to be real with them because they are going to want to be real with you. And they're also wondering how they're going to feed themselves and their families. Cause that's what it is. You, you have to worry first about putting food on the table. Um, unless you want to be that, uh, gritty of an artist where it's art first food later i i don't really know how to advise those people as well i, I really if if you're able to sustain your living even if you have to do something that you ne necessarily never imagined yourself having to do now is the time to drop those uh, entitlements if you will or those those thoughts in your head of you know this is my creative path that i set out and i'm going to stick to it you need to be you need to be dynamic in that you can't just stick to what the plan was a year or two ago or even five years ago um yes yeah. it's, it's it's just impossible but be real be real and be be blunt if you have to be because i guarantee you your teammates are also looking to be blunt and if if you're dancing around that nobody's going to go anywhere and you bring up an interesting thing there which is that i feel like there are kind of two extremes as to how people can have reacted and can continue to react to this, which involves like the music first, eat later kind of extreme of like, oh my gosh, everything's going crazy. Now I have to just like work endlessly and hustle endlessly and sacrifice therefore your mental health and your physical health likely because of that. That I am so not an advocate for that. I mean, I'm preaching against that every day, but that kind of scarcity mindset and scarcity feeling of like, I'm not going to have any money or there's no way I can make it through unless I'm constantly working is one reaction I see. And then the other is kind of like that kick in the butt or like that harsh reality that some people might be seeing of like, Oh, I was kind of gliding along. And now that I have faced an obstacle, I'm finding it kind of hard because I don't really want to work harder. I don't want to have to do the necessary work and thought that comes with re-strategizing here or changing the course of action uh, especially if they have like a five-year plan that's now kind of being tossed around. So are you seeing both of those and which are you seeing more? Which do you feel like is more relevant? For the artists that have the means, you know, and means, I mean, you don't have to necessarily, you can, you can take this time off um, because you've, you've reached that point in your career of financial comfort. Right. You know, they're just, they're enjoying the time with their families they're using this time to just reconnect with being a person, you know, uh, but for the smaller artists who are having to hustle twice as hard, you know, it's hard for them to find that balance. I, I personally, you know, I, my office is in New York, but I live in the Jersey shore. Mm -hmm. So I had an hour and a half commute every day there and back. 
Wow. And I'm so happy to not have to do that right now. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, and now uh, you like could be at the beach. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I could be, I don't, I'm not a beach guy, but my, my wife is, and our, our one-year-old baby is, and I get to wake up every single morning and I get to get my baby from the crib. I mean, and I get to put her to bed every night. I was never able to do both or even sometimes one of those things on a daily basis when I was commuting in, you know, every single day and coming right. back late. And, you know, again, I get more time to annoy my wife here at home and I wouldn't trade that for the world. Um, but it's also, it's also forced me to create this hybrid that I never had to create. I'm a workaholic by nature and I always dove headfirst into work and it's that same way for a lot of artists. You know, I have, I have an artist right now that he said that he's okay with canceling shows all the way up to 2022 because he has the means to sustain that. I don't wow. know what, what, I don't know what's going to happen with his band necessarily, but he personally does. Whereas I have artists that are ready to go out today if they right. can, uh, if, if it's safe and it's really got to depend on, on where you're at in life, but you may have to reevaluate that comfort zone that you've put yourself in. And if your art is your means of eating, then there has to be, there has to be a bit of a compromise and there has to be a bit of an adjustment. And um, I, I, I suggest that you don't do it alone. You know, if you're not, if you're not in a relationship with somebody or if you're not married or living with somebody else, I, I really would urge just about anybody to connect with a coach or, or just somebody to talk to um, not hinting at any, coaches in particular, wink, wink. But I, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I really, I really think that this is a time where you're allowed to cry a little bit of mercy rather than just carry the weight of the world on your shoulders, because this is not the time to be a hero in that regard. A hundred percent, which is of course why, you know, we both do our jobs to help other artists and why we have this podcast as well, so that we can have conversations like this that help you for free. Because man, I see too many people trying to do it alone and thinking that they have to do it alone, alone, whether for the ego, you know, <laughs> side of it, or just because, um, they feel they don't have the money or the resources to ask for help. And that simply does not have to be true. So thank you, Jack, for sharing all of this awesome information today. Is there anything else that you'd like to add or any last words of wisdom to offer to our listeners around this topic? Not especially. I really appreciate you having me as a part of this and for uh, having a great conversation. You know, I think these things are important. And uh, I, if, if you ever want, if anybody wants to find out more about our company, uh, our company is Bicoastal Productions and our website is bicoastalproductions.com. Uh, we're always looking for new exciting artists. So if you are an artist that feels like you gel with a little bit of what we're doing, or you see a great spot where we as an agency could ideally market you. We encourage everybody to reach out. We are always looking to expand the roster and uh, just a lot of exciting stuff is happening. So, you know, embrace, embrace today for what it is as, as best you can. You know, it's hard to sometimes see the glasses half full, but I feel like that's the best way to survive a pandemic because none of us have ever lived through one that I know of. So uh, again, thank you, Katie, for having me. And uh, if anybody wants to reach us, talent at bicoastalproductions.com is the best email and look forward to hearing from just about anybody. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on today, Jack. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Out To Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.